Hello and welcome back to another exciting episode of Tabletop Theater. Last time, our heroes prepared the house for the imminent attack under the tutelage of Drifter. Chosh decided the fate of their captive Argus, a member of the anti-angel group known as the Heenan. And Lola, having made amends with her sister, prepares to defend the place she once called home. Now, let's get back to the action. <laughs> We return to the party some hours later. The sun has only just begun to set on this slightly snowy evening. Chosh, you re-enter the house. You're greeted by Clarice, who says to you, Did you get rid of the problem, Chosh? Uh, Chosh will um, nod his head. Good. You return to the house preparations. As you're going about the house preparations, Chosh and Drifter, Catherine pulls you over. She says, Hey, when I didn't get the time before to give this to you, here, Arthur, well, he promised you payment for your work on the train job. Here is what he had for you. We got all cut up with a bunch of things and Arthur's arrest. Never really found the time. I guess now's as good as ever. Catherine opens two cases that she has with her, presenting you with two items. For you, Drifter, it appears to be a bandolier of five strangely colored sort of bullets. This is the bandolier of surprises. It has five different bullets. There's a dragonfire, a caltrop, a rope, a bee bullet, and a gak bullet. I'm sure you'll figure out what they do. And you, Chosh. Um, well, Arthur had this custom made for you, actually. She holds out a bracer, a blue bracer. Little streams of water seem to revolve... Little streams of water seem to revolve around it. This is the bracer of the brine. It'll let you control sort of jets of water. He modeled it after diligence for you. Uh, Chosh will uh, not not uh, receive it and sort of cautiously look at it and say, Arthur didn't have a high opinion of diligence, did he? Well, not that I'm aware of, but he respected you, at least. Oh, no. Drifter will Drifter will pick up the bandolier and stare at it for a moment and kind of kind of choke up a bit and be like, "Thank thank you, ma'am. Appreciate it." And then he'll attach it and he'll step out of the room. Uh, Josh will also have a little bit of an emotional moment with his bracer. Not not the same. But no, <laughs> not the same, but uh, he'll pick it up. And uh, I think, you know, there's definitely a moment of reflection there. Uh, I mean, he's that's fair. <laughs> he threw this guy in jail. 
Spoilers. Um, so yeah, so so Chash will pick it up and look at it and reflect on what he did and leave the room. Drifter, you walk over to your son before the battle, perhaps to give him words of encouragement or just perhaps to talk to him one last time. He said, he says to you, now, you know, never could really figure out what, uh, what got you in with this lot. I mean, doesn't really seem like your old, uh, your old adage. Looking out only for yourself. Sure, before, you know, you always survived. You fought battles ever since, uh, ever since I could remember. It's all you know. You've always committed yourself to fighting and letting, letting others find the reason for you. When are you going to decide for yourself what you're fighting for is right? Gee, I don't know, son. But this is a different lot than I'm used to. When there comes a time in every man's life where he stops looking for a place to hang his holster and looks for a place to hang his hat. I don't know much about this world, but the people here are good people. So I'll do it as best I can for as long as I can. He nods. He says, I'm glad you stuck around with this crew at least. I think this is the one place you and I can do something right together. And I'm glad you're here by my side. You hear a rumbling off in the distance. Not just the sound of feet, but the sound of large mechanical devices. It slowly and inevitably approaches Bramblethorn Manor. As you look out the windows from the barricades you've constructed through planks of wood, through couches piled up, you can see a large force in the distance. People are nervous. The dandy boys seem tense but not so scared as they once were. They form an organized line, taking up their sniper positions as you instructed Drifter. Sperry carrying extra munitions to parry. William Taffy grabs a club-like object you now know to be a grenade. Crispin continues to call out on the radio for the other members of the Nightingale Watch. And Captain Fondant twirls his mustache nervously. The queen finishes loading the last of her bullets from a neatly organized tray into her ornate revolver. She leans back into her rocking chair, pointing it out the window. Drifter, your son Armando, moves his fingers restlessly over the choke of his gun. Robin fiddles with with her wooden arm, as if preparing some mechanism. She picks up a pistol next to her, but her hand is clumsy, uncharacteristically. She readies it with a slightly unstable hand. And Catherine stands next to her, whispering some words of advice. Robin adjusts her stance, and the shaking stops. And they both ready their weapons, pointing outwards towards the gate. And finally, Lola. Clarice stands next to you, her staff in her hand. She turns, smiles at you, and faces forward with a fierce determination, as if this was but another game of croquet. Hmm. I 
look back at her and smile too. And from Edgar, I retrieve the spider's thread that I found in my father's office and delicately hold it, um, you know, just admire it for a moment. And like a simple needle, I tuck it into the side of my hat. Just kind of pin it into the side of my hat. And I feel prepared. Strangely comforted. Josh is going to go to Clarice. And he's going to say, um, no matter what happens, we have to keep Mercy safe. No matter what happens. She nods in agreement. All right. Is Mercy just hanging out with us? Mercy is hanging out with you. Like, like, going to be involved in this battle. Yeah. Should he be... Not if I have anything to say about it. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> what about... Um, where's Rosalind? Did you mention that? I did not. Where would you like her to be? But the queen? Uh, yes. I imagine um, before the battle starts, uh, Lola goes up to her childhood bedroom. Lola goes up to her childhood bedroom and finds little Rosalind playing with... I don't know. I finds little Rosalind reading a book um, and I say, Rosalind, dearie, I'm sure you're aware that well, things are going to get a bit chaotic here in the manor um, in the next hour or so. So, I don't want you to worry at all about what's going to happen. We will all come back and regroup at the end. We'll be fine. You needn't worry. I'm going to leave you up with Queen Judith in the attic. And you two are to sit together and comfort each other. All right? She might be a bit dull and prattle on and on and on. That shouldn't be a concern, because you are such a good listener, my dear. And I stroke her blonde hair loving. I stroke her blonde hair lovingly just one last time. She smiles, and she goes up to the attic. Be good, my dear. So uh, after hearing the radio message, Drifter will uh, stand up and turn towards this motley crew of folks here gathered in Bramblethorn Manor. And he'll say... Well, it appears the battle is here. We all would have liked a bit more time, but I'm afraid it hasn't come. Today, we don't know what the sun rise will bring tomorrow, what will be left standing, but our fighting will be unified, and our resolve is absolute. You all know your post. We'll work together, we'll fight together, and maybe die together, but we'll do it together. Let's fight. Tally-ho! The Dandy Boys shout out an agreement. Hurrah! Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. You, you're, there's a cheer throughout the house. And then you hear a voice. A snooty, snobbish, and familiar voice. Magically magnified from outside. And you recognize this voice as Philip. Now we know you're in there. 
Come out, Clarice. You have something that belongs to us. We don't want to destroy your entire house over one measly little bit of faith. Just hand it over, and my boys will be on our way. Isn't that right, lads? He he turns to his company, and they laugh, almost as if this is a joke itself. That the, Obviously, they're not going to leave the house in one piece. Well, my dear sister, shall we go out and greet our heinous guests? I suppose we shall. So... I think the two of us walk out. Drifter, and I'm sure some of the dandy boys will be staring at the windows, like looking out uh, and eyeing the situation. We keep our heads high, and I call. Well, hello, Philip. What a pleasure to see you again. They're on the other side of a metal gate. How close do you approach? Um, I, well, I expect we also augment our voices. That's fine. I just wanted to know how close you wanted to get to them. Uh, we, uh, walk down the front steps, but we're not far from the entrance. Sure. He speaks out and says, Lola, I didn't expect to see you again. I thought you died. (laughs) Well, no matter. Two birds, one stone, I suppose. Ready to surrender? (laughs) Are you ready to fail miserably and lose most of your men? Go back to your general in utter disgrace? No general anymore. We work for ourselves. He smiles and looks at a man you also recognize. A pallid sort of man who has a sort of axolotl-like feature. (gasps) Throwback. Philip says to you, Well then. I guess we'll just have to take it by force. He snaps his fingers, and a large amount of his crew begin to charge the gate. As the first couple ones touch the gate, it's almost as if they're hit by a sort of electric fence, so to speak. The house's defenses begin to activate (laughs) against the intruders. Oh, how very entertaining. Don't you agree, my dear sister? It seems everything is going well at first. You better come back inside. (laughs) You hear Philip shouting angrily, unable to get in. And then you realize what he's doing. You see some large metal object, an enormous cannon. This object fires. It blasts apart the gate. It rends the earth in front of the manor, tearing up the cobblestones and street leading up to the house. And the men begin to pour forward. Roll for initiative. To give you a sense of what is happening. You have the manor. In front of it, you have the blown open gate. To the left of the manor is the rose garden. To the right of the manor is the topiary garden. And to the back of the manor is Bramblethorn Woods. The lawn itself leading up to the gate is wide open. The gardens provide some cover to you. And of course, you have plenty of cover in the house as well. You must hold out until the other members of the Nightingale Watch arrive. You see a massive troops running across the lawn, wearing armor of mismatched countries, charging with rifles. Drifter, you may go first. What would you like to do? Probably should have thought of that. Uh, and just to remind you, there are rakes all over the lawn. You are able to use your holds whenever you want to use them. So if you want to use them on those guys, that is fine. Uh, yeah, the first wave will be hit by the rakes. Okay. <laughs> all right, so as these troops go, they encounter one of the first of your many traps. Many of these troops slam their faces into rakes, knocking them over, knocking some of them out, this encumbers many of them 
losing many of their initial numbers in their first charge. I think many is a strong word. <laughs> uh, you know, it, <laughs> at least three. <laughs> it, it's going to it's going to delay the approach. Oh, yeah. So I will factor that into their speed into getting to the manor, and also how many troops you have to kill. Uh, all right, what would you like to do? Uh, I think Drifter is going to start by taking pot shots at at um that some of the people running toward him. All right, why don't you just roll the hit? Yeah. You don't. You can attack twice. Yep. If you want. Uh, extra shot. So okay. Yeah, two, two shots. Uh, that's going to be a thirteen. And uh, 12. Uh, so luckily for you, the crowd itself isn't particularly hard to hit. Mm-hmm. While you might miss the man you're actually aiming for, there's easily another man behind him that you can easily shoot down. Why don't you roll for damage? You'll be dealing them as a sort of crowd of enemies. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you deal 21 damage to the crowd. You fire your revolver, spraying bullets into the crowd. You see a couple of men stumble. Some fall over, bleeding from their neck, clutching at the wound. But others just stampede on top of them carelessly. As this happens, you see two new sort of enemies approach. From the right, you see what appears to be men on sort of flying machines. They have wings like dragonflies, and they carry two men. And they speed towards the house much faster than the crowd. Additionally, you see sort of winged beasts, harpy-like creatures, that jump from their ranks from beyond the gate and, and fly towards the house. We go to the next person in the order. Lola, you now have three enemies to deal with. The Harpies, uh, the Dragon Flyers, I'm going to call them, and the crowd themselves. Which would you like to deal with? And where would you? Where are you at the moment? Um, I don't think I have moved back into the house. I think I'm still on the steps with my sister. Mm-hmm. Um, as I'm standing on the front steps, I look to my sister for uh, encouragement mm-hmm. and turn back and to the dragonflies approaching on the left um up in the air i cast which is bolt and so from my fingers springs a jolt of blue lightning and i try to shoot them down all right roll the hit it never works it never hits <laughs> uh never ever hits um attack bonus plus seven right if it's yeah. what it says yeah so it's 15 that's actually the bare minimum you need yay you hear the bump thuds as the wings flap very violently as it as they chug towards you these two flying machines one slightly above the other you shoot from your hand a bolt of blue lightning uh roll for damage okay oh that's a 15 the blue bolt blasts into the front of the first dragon flyer you see the engine sputter you see a huge burn as it shreds through the metal The two men on top scream as it goes haywire, smoke billowing from it as it crashes nearby the rose garden. You don't see the men get up, but the second dragon flyer gets even closer to you. It's almost upon you. You see the men charging the building fire at you. Clarice holds up her staff, and a sort of ward appears before you. Their bullets seem to evaporate against the magical protection. Edgar, my pet... Go after them. And I point to the crowds, uh, to the throngs of soldiers, to, th- to the throng of soldiers in front of us, rapidly approaching. Who, who would win? A group of soldiers <laughs> or, one, one scaly, or, or one scaly boy? <laughs> scaly boy. Uh, your bag runs over to attack the uh, upcoming soldiers. Uh, why don't you just roll for that? Uh, D20? Yep. Simple D20. All right. Oh, I'm nervous about that bag. How's he going to That's a 13 by itself. That's a... Uh, yeah, uh, roll for damage. Uh, yeah, you should be concerned. Uh, uh, 1d6. 1d6. 4. 
Edgar runs out to face the charging crowd. It grows horse-like legs as it runs forward. (laughs) And as it gets closer, men seem to falter at this strange, monstrous, well, handbag. (laughs) And as as it nears them, it seems to grow crab claws and it smacks into the nearest two. They go flying in the air. Other men pull out bayonets, and they start stabbing at Edgar violently. You see little bits of fluff fly out of him as they do so. Oh, no! You can't send your bag into a battle? Yeah. The dragon flyer that's coming... Is he gonna die? That you didn't hit. That's all my stuff! The dragon flyer... (laughs) That's your friend. (laughs) No, no. More important than stuff inside. My stuff? Um, My thing. But most importantly, my stuff! Um, The dragon flyer that you didn't hit, nears you. The man on the back of it carries a sort of lance that crackles with electricity. The shield that your sister put up seems to have no effect on this, and he stabs at you. And this lance electrocutes you. It deals you eight damage. Okay. Shit. That's all And it continues to fly by at at high speeds. Chosh, it goes to your turn. Um... Um... Man, I really want to just pretend to be a suit of armor, but I feel you can do that once we get into the inside. Yeah, of the house. yeah. Um, uh, so no one's in the house yet, not yet. And the barricade's still like holding, which is why I'm going to uh, test out my new jet spray and shoot a salty brine <laughs> at at this flyer. If I may. All right. Yes, please. Roll the hit. Okay. So that's a D20. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. That's fine. We'll rely on that. Well, it's two plus your attack bonus. Is it? Is it going to hit, good. Jacob? No, probably <laughs> is not. It gonna... um, you hear a shattering of glass and the smell of the ocean. A jet of, of warm, briny water shoots out, and the crew of the Dragonflyer easily avoids it. Um, and they circle back to make another attack. Gotta get used to the uh, salty is the brine. End of your turn? Is that the end of your turn? Uh, I mean, yeah, that's gonna be about it. The other members of the Nightingale Watch take their time opening fire on the crowd. You see them shoot from their posts out into this increasing throng of mismatched soldiers. Uh, and while they're able to take out some, the crowd inexorably makes its way towards the house and they're almost upon it. They'll be there next turn at the front door. We start again at the top of the... Oh, sorry. Uh, The harpies, which no one has dealt with now, attack the house. They fly at the windows and try to pull pull apart sort of the uh, facade of the building. Uh, One group is unable to get any hold at all in the building. Their claws scrape at the windows but are unable to do anything. But the other group is much more successful. You see a pair of harpies grab onto two windowsills and they pull the building unkempt with age is much easier to destroy than you would expect you see on the left side of the Bramblethorn Manor part of it get ripped away and the music room is exposed to the elements now uh, we go now back to Drifter at the top of the order these banally of surprises it counts as an action to use one of those shots probably it's, it's, it's your regular shooting but okay. instead use the bullet from that so Drifter is going to use his new rope trick to try to lasso one of these harpies. Cool. That sounds awesome. Uh, um, and, and I will combine that with my sniper's mark ability, okay. which I'm using a grit mm-hmm. to be more accurate. Sure. I don't necessarily remember the exact. I know how it works. Okay, don't great. That's fine. That would be how it works. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I didn't know the exact. Yeah, modifier. yeah, I know the numbers, though. It's all good. 
All right. It deals so extra damage, too. Let's roll and see if I can lasso this harpy. All right. Yeah, okay, fine. Uh, yeah, you shoot out the lasso, and it ropes around one of the legs of the harpies. What did you want to do with it? Um, I'm going to try to... Um, I'm, with, I'm next to Josh. I'll pull the harpy towards me and Josh. I'm into that. Okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, you, you give me something to do as well. You pull the you pull the harpy inside of uh, inside of the building through mm. the broken window. It scratches at the floor in the sitting room where you are. Your son comes over with a shotgun. He shoots out one of its wings. It tears into your finely made furniture and couch. Oh, I'm so sorry. We go now to Lola's turn. What would you like to do? You're still outside with Clarice on the front steps, her shield barely holding against the onslaught of of, uh, of missiles against you. Hmm. Okay. Um, I turn to Clarice and say, we have to try another tactic. I have to... Um, we have to try something else, dear. And I call to Edgar. Edgar, come back! Edgar rushes back. You see he's badly damaged, but he seems all right. And as soon as he gallops up to, to, to me, um, I say, bag. I grab him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I grab the bag. Uh, I grab the now lifeless bag. And he's not. Oh, yeah, okay. He's not dead. <laughs> I know. Um, <clears throat> and using the um, enchantment of my mother's wand, mm-hmm. um, I spider climb up along the walls, up to the, the the left side of the house, and to the harpy, I say, "Back, hideous beast!" And I and I flaunt a, or I don't know, I produce a great whip of spiders and snap at it. Back. All right, All right roll the hit, and I will roll for its save against that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is twenty. Well, 22 definitely hits. You crack the whip right on the, the temple of the harpy, which screams out in, in anguish as these spiders start to form all around it, covering its skin. It claws and scratches at these tiny little insects biting all over. It's unable to maintain its flight pattern, and it comes crashing down with an almighty thud onto the lawn. It still squirms as these spiders go and bite it, and it seems completely incapacitated by this, at least for now. It's both distracted and poisoned. By yes, this. I know. Okay. So that's, that's what the save was for. I know, I know. Okay. Um, Clarice backs up into the house, uh, preparing to uh, preparing for the eventuality of these people making it inside. So you are left outside right now. Mm-hmm. We now go to the dragonflies. The dragonflyer is going to soar at you, drift... Uh, the dragonflyer that you left, Lola, is going to soar at you, who is now very high up onto the manor itself. It comes very close to you. It rolled very poorly. Um, would you uh, make a acrobatic save? I'm rolling a lot of 15s. Um, that is a 17. You're easily able to avoid the oncoming uh, dragon flyer who shoves a lance at you, which you easily duck out of the way. Did you want to do anything? Do you want to stay up here? Or? Oh, well, of course. Okay. Uh, well, then it just makes a pass at you and continues to, it, and then turns around. Oh, I thought you meant... Um... Yes, I, um, for the for the moment, I will stay okay. on the, the wall. Okay, well, it makes a pass at you and then turns around to make another attack next turn. Meanwhile, you see more forces pouring through the destroyed gate. You see a large metal sort of vehicle, unlike any you've seen before. It has a large 
well, it has a long tube coming out from the top of it, and it seems to be slowly, inexorably moving towards the building. Next to it are flanked two large sort of suits of armor that almost resemble large pot-bellied boilers. They're about twice the size of a normal man, and they flank this large metal contraption, and these begin walking very slowly across the lawn as the rest of the army is about to hit the house. Chosh, it is now your turn, and after your turn, the crowd will arrive at the house unless something is done. What would you like to do? Um, so this flyer here has successfully entered the home, correct? Yeah, the uh, harpy is is currently yeah. grappled Wingless. inside the house. His wing has been shot, but he is still alive. Yeah. yeah, I'm not into that at all. Not for long. Yeah, not not for long. Chasha's going to try the bracer again and um, send out a lash of liquid, uh, as they say, and try and uh, smack that harpy. All right, roll the hit. That doesn't use a charge. That's a, that's a, <laughs> dude, really? <laughs> wow. I'm learning the new system. I actually, I, I actually will give you uh, advantage because it is grappled currently, I... and it is grounded as well by its shot. Okay, so that's a d12 plus my strength make comes out to, um, so plus six. Okay, so that's an 18. Yeah. Uh, all right, that hits. Uh, roll for damage. You You produce a long line of water, shoots out from your bracer, and you crack it like a whip against the creature. It deals uh, seven damage. And it, as the creature winds out in pain, uh, the, water la- the water lash sort of wraps around its neck, strangling it in the meantime. And, uh, and, and um, Armando takes this moment to finish it off with one shotgun blast. The rest of the crew of the Nightingale Watch goes towards the breach at the music room to try to to try to hold anything from getting in there. Both Catherine and Robin are there to help the crowd who has now made it to the front door and they are bursting it in as we speak. All right. Um, seems a good time to use or hold the wine barrels. Mm-hmm. Um, I do also have my gack. I could gack them. You could gack them. Hit them with some highly flammable gack. You could, yes. And then set it on fire. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's what Nickelodeon attempted. <laughs> I think it is highly flammable, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to uh, use our hold mm-hmm. uh, that the dandy boys we have stationed up top are going to sh- throw down two open barrels of wine mm-hmm. at the crowd, mm-hmm. hoping to hit them with the barrels themselves and with a some wine that's flammable and sure. alcoholic. Just as the crew breaks down the door, two large barrels of wine roll down the stairwell, and they slam into the nearest soldiers who are excited to finally breach the house, but they'll never actually get to, as they are trampled by these large barrels of wine that roll into the midst of the crowd itself, who stare at it, kind of dumbstruck at what the heck is going on. And then Drifter will use his dragon fire shot into the crowd. All right, roll to hit. And then I want you to roll... uh, your 2d8. Mm-hmm. This is also to like set fire to yeah, the wine. 2d8s and then we'll add 2d6 for the fire as well. Yeah. Give me 17 for the shot. That definitely hits. And then 2d6s? Yep. Or 2d8s. 2d8s and then the 2d6s. Yeah. Uh, 12 for the damage plus the 2d6s is another 12. Uh, Drifter, after the barrel runs over these two men and every one of the crowd sort of stares dumbfounded at this barrel, these two barrels in the midst, 
you saunter over to the middle of the open doorway, give a little tip of the hat, you you point your pistol armed with the dragonfire bullet at them, and it lets forth a torrent of flame. You hear the roar of a dragon from the muzzle of your gun, and you see the crowd burst into flame and scream. Men writhe on the ground in agony. There's an almighty explosion as it hits the wine barrels. You see people go flying, and the crowd is temporarily set back. You have set them back toward another wave. For now, the crowd is not an issue. For now. For now. We move now towards Lola's turn. What would you like to do? Uh, so I see the dragonfly. Um, mm-hmm. It's not. It's a dragonfly copter. Something yeah, like. it's a. It's like a. It's basically like uh, a chariot that flies. If you want to. Oh, it's actually being flown by dragonflies. No, it's like a chariot itself. It just has wings on the side, like like oh. the structure of a chariot. So uh, as I see the dragonfly, um, as I see the dragonfly approaching me, uh, veering round to approach me again. Mm-hmm. Um, I roll my eyes and slide the and slide the spider's thread from my hat. Uh, and just as it's coming closer, I use the wand pointed at the dragonfly's wings and say, "Be still, you ridiculous odinate." And I shoot a web from the wand and oh Oh no! Oh uh, don't know! Oh don't! <laughs> what did you get? <laughs> uh, that is a four plus seven is an eleven. Uh, you shoot the web. The crew, the crew of the dragonflyer, duck easily, avoiding it. Uh, the craft uh, flies into the music room oh, itself, no. avoiding you. Just as an almighty explosion happens, inches from where you are, the strange, large mechanical vehicle blasts into the house you take you take 11 damage from the explosion and you oh, fall God. down into Come the music inside. and you fall down into the music room a huge hole appears in the manor oh gosh you hear philip scream and he says careful you'll hit the girl don't destroy the faith kill them but don't destroy the faith drifter you smugly smile through this burning hole at the front of the house you see the charred masses there's a lot of smoke mostly obscuring your view you hear it before you see it the large crunching of large metal boots as two enormous figures two enormous shadows appear through the smoke and they fire back their own jets of flame at you uh you uh can try sure why don't you roll a athletics check yeah uh yes yeah, that's probably a better idea. Let's just roll, yeah, an athletics save. Can I do acrobatics? Whatever is better. Yeah, acrobatics. That's going to be a 25. That's good. <laughs> that's all right. Half your that's damage. Okay. On the, do you, have, you don't have evasion, right? Uh, I don't believe you I have you do. defensive cover. You don't have, okay. No. I don't think you do. All right. So I, have, you, I have dodge. That's not the same. But uh, evasion would let you take no damage, which is garbage. But you will oh. take half damage, which is a good idea. Yeah, I'll take half damage. That's like half at least two torrents of two torrents of flame issue back into the building the returning fire normally would have been dealt 19 damage but you're able to duck out just in time the end of your the end of your uh, duster is singed and burned and you take only 10 damage as you roll into where do you want to roll the music room or the sitting room the sitting room is where Chasha is the music room is where Lola is uh music room drifter you roll into the music room 
you're you're there with Lola, Robin, Catherine, and three of the dandy boys, William Taffy, Crispin Crustwell, and Captain Fondant. It is now Chasha's turn. What would you like to do? Um, I am going to use a hold. All right. What would you like to do? I would like to pretend to be a suit of armor. Chosh, you want to use your hold. You, through the uh, smoke, you're able to take your position, as you pre-planned earlier, into a row of pre-prepared suits of armor in the middle of the hall. The, the two heavy flame troopers don't seem to pay any notice to you, thinking you're just another ornament, so you'll have the drop on them for this round. What would you like to do? Um, can I... Uh, so I have, um, I have a dandy boy here, correct? That there is, there are two dandy boys in the, in your previous room. Yeah. You have Spearmint, Sperry and Peppermint Perry. And then you also have, uh, and, uh, Drifter's son. Right. Okay. All right. So, um, I am going to wait for one to pass me and then try and grab the other one and take him into the sitting room so that the dandy boys and Drifter's son and I can, can just beat the tar out of him. Sure, roll a grapple check with advantage. Okay, that's one. Oh my god. And the, oh. <laughs> okay, I see a one. All right. All right, we'll try one, one more. Hey! All right, that's, mo- that's the first time I've rolled above you 10. Rolled- oh no, there was the 12. Jesus, I hate I hate rolling on... Right. I know, I don't like rolling on... That, that's why I don't... I just don't trust it. Neither I do know. I. I don't I, either. I understand um, it's a random All right. Uh, so you rolled a 14 plus your strength modifier and your proficiency bonus. That is going to be more than sufficient to grab onto one of these heavy flame troopers as he's passing. You use sort of your water lash to wrap around it to give you an extra bit of hold and you throw him into the sitting room to your awaiting comrades who have been waiting on this trap for you. Um, the Spearmint Sperry and Peppermint Perry, they take their bayonets and they kind of slam against the metal exterior completely ineffectively. Luckily, Arondo is a bit more competent. He points his shotgun at the tank on this one's back. He fires around into it. There's a release of gas as it shoots forward into, into the wall and slams breaking through the sitting room wall, hitting into the living room, and you hear a crash as you believe it hits into the stone fireplace in the sitting room. And then you don't hear anything else from that room. Sweet. The second heavy trooper, Chosh, now sees you and he attempts to fire at you as well. Um, why didn't you roll a dexterity save? And which is to say an athletic save. Okay. That is a 10 plus my athletics. Uh, that's 13. Uh, not enough. You're going to take uh, full damage, but it's only one jet of flame. It hits you square on, uh, burning at your armor. However, you have a shield that can absorb this. It would have dealt you 10 damage, but your shield instead glows red hot as it absorbs the entirety of the blast. The flame trooper looks shocked at this. Uh, At the same time, a large mechanical something rolls into the house. You hear the crushing of planks of wood as this, I'm going to just describe it for what it is, as this tank rolls into the house. We now go to uh, Drifter's turn. What would you like to do? Uh, Drifter will first run over to Lola on the ground, who's fallen to the floor, and uh, kind of pick her up and say, Lola, you okay? Uh, or L- Lola, you okay? Um, no need to worry about me, Drifter, darling, um, but it does appear that a tank has entered my childhood home. So, um, I believe that my old friend Goldstein and I have... This monster, and I'm glancing up at the dragonfly, covered. Please, go help the others. 
Alright, so after making tending to lowly making sure she's on her feet, he will turn toward this tank, and he'll look at his gauntlet and the cards on the top of it, and he'll look at the gauntlet, and he'll look at the cards, and then he'll pick up the gauntlet out of his hand, and he'll say, disable that tank, and he'll throw his gauntlet <laughs> at the tank as, as it watches it scampers towards the uh, the underside of the tank. Okay. That's an interesting move. I'm going to have to make you roll a, uh, I guess sleight of hand is the uh, best roll for that. <laughs> that doesn't uh, quite check. feel right. A sleight of hand? What else is it but a hand? I, I mean, there's no disabled device <laughs> check anymore. I mean, I, 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 can, I can try and give a distraction for it. No, no. I'll take the sleight of hand check. Uh, it can act on its own, so that's not really your whole turn. But no, yeah, the, I, I, I figured check. I would get that in motion to try sure. to disable the engine of this tank or roll something. a sleight of hand check, and we'll see what happens. I like I like this. I mean, I could have played a card, but why do that? I also wanted to make sure I could pick up the deck and prepare all of that. <laughs> it's an ability you don't use very often. That's so a no, it's, I like it a lot. It's a nine plus my. It's a plus. It's a fifteen. All right, the hand is thrown. It ting off the top of the tank. It gets up on all of its five fingers and scuttles underneath it between the tracks. And you hear like sort of, you know, sounds you might hear like a <laughs> sort of thing going on. As the tank starts progressing through the hall, suddenly you hear a kind of a gut-wrenching sound of metal on metal. Clearly, the sounds of something going wrong, and the tank stalls, unable to move, stuck in the middle of the hallway, but blocking the sitting room and the music room doors. You say blocking the... So we're, we're blocked in here. There's another door. Oh, yeah, I see, I see now. There's other doors, but you can't easily go... You can't go to the sitting room right now easily. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. No one's in there. Wow. Uh, <laughs> wow. Drifter is going to head through the other door uh, into the living room mm-hmm. and um, uh, accompanied by, I'll, I'll take the Danny boys with me, um, the three of them. You, you can hold on to Catherine and Grobin if you want. Or like just like work, like have them help you. Oh yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, sure. They follow you out into the hall. It's a good thing you enter through that hall because you now realize that from the other end of the house, troops have broken in through the dining room windows, and you see a crowd of troops swarming at you. As you exit the room, they unleash a torrent of bullets on you and the dandy boys. They're going to deal you all seven damage um, from this surprise attack. You hear, throughout the din and the bullets, a voice on the radio of one of the other crew of the former Dark and Stormy, and now Nightingale Watch. You hear... Yeah, we can't we can't come in. They have some sort of anti-air sort of You're going to have to go around. Go to the other side of the forest. Go through the forest? You hear this over the radio. So, Drifter will turn fire with some of the dandy boys, but they'll do that in their turn, I guess. They'll do it with you. Okay, but we will fire on the enemies coming from the dining room. All right, roll the hit. The dandy boys will be inspired by your leadership. So, if you hit, you'll deal an extra d8. Ooh, I like that. All right. Oh, that will definitely hit with a 26. Was that a natural 20? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, you definitely hit. Uh, roll 3d8. 18 damage. Okay. You all fire into the crowd. You see about half of them go down, but the other half still remain. Lola, we now go to you. The dragon flyer is just grounded. The two men inside grab their electric lances and pursue both you, Robin, and Catherine. What do you do? I'm on my feet, but I, I'm, I'm really weak, uh, so I'm just going to hobble... Um, behind get get behind the piano the grand piano mm-hmm. um and kind of leaning in, in the corner of the room i uh grab my wand and i whisper stitch 
And so. Lila. Lila. Lola and Stitch. Lola. Lilo. Oh, I, I get it. Lilo. Lola. Is, mm-hmm. So I'm going to stitch myself up. Um, oh, that's a one. That's another one. That's a seven. Okay, so I I heal myself for nine damage. Okay. So I put my hands on the piano, kind of looking looking like I'm about to surrender. I look very cowardly in this moment, I imagine, hiding behind a grand piano. I hum a little tune to myself, like just a three-note tune. And suddenly this grand piano comes alive and starts chomping around the room. And uh, hopefully... <laughs> Uh, Robin and Catherine can get can like block the doors or something. I didn't tell them to, but sure. Hopefully the, they 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 understand what's going to happen. They, they know. One of the pilots of this dragonfly craft uh, has like a lance and is pursuing you. He's like, "Come here, girly!" And as he Ew. as he runs towards you, the table, uh, sorry, the piano opens up and bites onto him, and he screams out in pain. Robin points her wooden hand at the other guy. Uh, and from it, you see a crossbow bolt loosed. It sinks through a chink in the man's armor. He clutches at the wound. Catherine then takes that moment of distraction to blast him in the face with her revolver. Just a, he, a moment of distraction. <laughs> that moment of distraction. And he goes down as well. Excellent. You Well done, ladies. You see from the crowd approaching you, Drifter, you see two men that are also there. You see the axolotl man and you see Philip. The He's sort of like a half lizard man, if you recall. It's been a while. They are in that crowd of, of troops. Uh, we go now towards uh, Chasha's turn. What would you like to do? Um, you know, I've got this shield full of fire. And there's, there's this guy covered in explosive materials. And, you know, I'm... I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no mathematician, but uh, I think <laughs> I want to set him on fire. Okay, that's up to you. Yes. Chosh, um, after absorbing the fire from the shield, um, the shield sort of glows red with the energy, and um, Chosh looks at the presumably surprised uh, flamethrower-wielding individual, and um, Chosh will uh, sort of mime as if he's throwing uh, but the shield doesn't leave his hands, but rather a sort of ghost image of the shield does. Uh, and it's on fire, so it's pretty cool. It's an on-fire ghost shield, if you will. And it uh, slams into the uh, flamethrower-wielding man. Okay, roll to hit him. I will. Oh, I will. If you add... No, 19, if you add my attack bonus. Well, that definitely hits. Unfortunately for him, I roll the save to see if he would explode or not, and he actually does explode. It's an almighty explosion. Chosh, you're blasted backwards as metal rends through your uh, armor itself. This is going to deal you damage as well. You get dealt nine damage as little bits of the explosion deal you damage, and you're blasted into the living room. All according to plan. You kind of slide and like across the table over there into the other downed... Uh, heavy fire trooper the rest of the house sort of shakes with this and the uh explosion actually affects all the other rooms as well everyone else roll an acrobatic save uh, that's an 11 yeah 10 10 okay you're okay your vision would have helped you there if you had gotten a little higher 
Uh, okay, cool. Everyone is going to take, uh, that's not Chosh. Everyone is going to take 10 damage. Chosh, you absorb. 10 damage? Chosh, you're going to absorb that 10 damage back into your shield as well. You are still dealt the regular damage you're dealt. Uh, this also affects the troops and the dandy boys. There's an almighty explosion. The halls are destroyed. There's, al- there's almost no walls, and the, ce- and the ceiling here is in danger of collapse. You hear the footsteps of Rosalind and the queen running downstairs to see what's going on. You see the crowd of soldiers that was once facing you, Drifter. They're in heaps. Philip is on the ground, bleeding from a bit of shrapnel stuck in him, a large piece of wood deeply lodged in his chest. You hear him coughing. He seems to realize it's all lost, and you think you've won. But he reaches for his radio, and he says, Blow it to shreds! You hear the sound of something large and mechanical moving in the distance, as if reorienting its aim. What would you all like to do? It's time to run. Yep, uh, to the forest, right? To the forest. Um, so Drifter will co- Drifter will take stock of, of who's who's around. He will uh, s- tell Lola to go mm-hmm. grab the, the queen and Roslyn. Yep, yep. exactly. Um, I, you don't need to be told. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I understand. But like, like, he's the one who heard the forest, so he'd be sure. like, so he'll say, Lola, we're going to the forest. Get... Um, Rosalind, get the queen. We'll meet you there. Of um, course. He will grab the dandy boys who are near him, and uh, hold. And he'll he'll kind of take the rear post, head over toward the door, and, and stand guard as he watches everybody try to get out. You run over to the secret door that the Lockhart sisters often use to sneak out into the woods at night. I immediately rush to Rosalind and grab her hand. The queen follows and. Uh, we run out. I, I direct them to the, the emergency path um, out of the house and into the forest. Uh, as you run, you're met by two figures. Not soldiers you saw before, but the soldiers that were upstairs in those beds that Clarice brought. The corrupted paladins. Before we get to the doors of the passage? Or yes. The secret passage? Okay. Yeah. They stumble almost drunkenly almost unseeing. Black ooze seems to pour out through crevices in their armor, and they swing wildly at you. But they're very clumsy, and they miss. Their swords sink into the wallpaper, cutting priceless family portraits in in twain. Uh, What do you do? Do you keep running? Yes, I... I... I I, I scream, totally surprised, but um, my hold on Rosalind's hand doesn't... doesn't loosen, and... Together we run, push past them, and run out through the secret exit. As you're about to make it, you see the one of the paladins raise his sword up as if to bring it down on Rosalind. And just as it's about to bring its sword down, there's a flash of bright light from behind it. It's The body it see, itself seems to dissolve and fizzle and burn, and it collapses into a pile of armor. And you see your sister Clarice standing at the back of the stairs. She gives you a look that says, run. And you keep going. Drifter, uh, he will say this to Chosh. Chosh, get mercy, get him out of here. And he will head over to Philip. And he'll step on the radio and, and destroy it that he used. And he said, you're not getting out of this that easily. And he'll grab him by the, by the um, collar of his shirt. Mm. Uh, and he'll hand him to Sperry and Perry and say, get him out of here. Philip coughs blood. And the dandy boys nod, and they rush him off like a like a patient at a hospital. 
Chosh, what did you want to do? You're in a bunch of rubble. You brush off bits of plaster. Maybe a marble bust is on top of you. You roll off of it, uh, covered in Well, have we gotten powder. the word to these the uh, Spearman Sperry, Peppermint Perry, and Armando? Yeah, the rest of the troops are... Uh, the rest of the Nightingale Watch is running. They're all running past Drifter. Okay. It's, ju- it's just you and Mercy, wherever you've told them to be. Okay. Chosh is going to... Um, Perhaps uh, audaciously, um, we haven't really discussed, I don't know, like physically touching an angel, but I feel like it's a no-no, but this is a, this is a, this is a serious moment. So, um, so Chosh is going to um, grab at Mercy, um, not to like carry him or push him or anything, but just sort of like a, an urging on and say, Mercy, follow me. And run uh, from the living room into the library, and jump out a window. You do. Uh, you you run towards the window to break it open. Moments before, you hear an explosive sound. You hear the tearing of wood as a large piece of ammunition tears towards you from the remnants of the tank. It fires directly at you. Mercy holds up his hand. The bullet stops in front of you. It crinkles. And collapses in and on itself as an explosion that rends apart the library and you both bust through the window running out through the woods you are running into the forest each of you drifter you've hung back waiting on the forest edge making sure everybody gets through you see chosh you see mercy finally you see clarice run out after you hitching up her robe to let her run faster you hear the, th- the sound of many boots rushing through the building all around it you see forces approaching from the left and right you hear another almighty shot. You see the manor explode. Fire rains. You see bits of planks of wood shower like snow onto the yard. Everyone turns back and looks at this explosion, looks at the torrent of fire that was once Bramblethorn Manor. But you have to keep running. You're dashing through the woods some areas more dense than others. You must roll athletic saves to see what happens. Lola, surprisingly, you're easily able to navigate the woods despite having your large flowing dress. Chosh, you're pulling Mercy along with you, keeping pace almost with Lola. You run with the professional grace of a paladin. You actually almost pass her. That's how fast you're running. Other members of the crew aren't so lucky. Spearmint Sperry and Peppermint Perry are laboring under the weight of Philip, who's gurgling out his last breaths. No! Uh, He's gonna die. William Taffy is a portly man. He can only run so far. Some of the dandy boys, and Robin included, as well as Drifter, run into some of the forces that are able to catch up. Drifter, as you're running, you see something running. You see something scampering around the ground. It's charred and... uh, it's charred and covered in ash. You see your gauntlet faithfully running towards you. It seems to be very hot. It's like it was blown off from the house and landed nearby and faithfully is returned to you. You pick it up. You place it on your arm. It burns with I'm heat. Say, but it burns with heat, but you seem all right. You'll, okay. take, you'll, you'll take a little damage. You'll take uh, two damage from okay, that. That's fine. Uh, but you also, uh, as, you pick down, as you reach down to pick up the gauntlet, you're, you're attacked by two men. Uh, rather than rolling to see if they hit you, they just hit you. Um, they deal you six damage. One slams the butt of his gun into your head. He knocks you backwards. The other one fires a, 
a shot into your into your leg. It just barely grazes you. You take six damage total. Mm. Um, you will now uh, roll a. Uh, you you can uh, continue to fight them, or you can keep. Uh, actually, I'm not gonna make you fight them. I'm just gonna have you keep running. I uh, um I can just so Drifter as he runs back will shoot the gak behind him, the sticky goo. Yeah, as kind of a, a barrier between the two two men and himself. Yeah, you fire at one of the men. The gak explodes, and they're covered in this green sticky goo. They scream out in surprise, and as they clogs up the barrels of the gun, they're unable to fire at you. But it doesn't matter. More troops are coming. You're gonna have to make another athletics check in a second. Um, however, Lola. As you're running through the woods, you see a ghostly shadow of a small girl running towards a ravine. You blink. She's gone. You all keep running, some of you hanging back to help others. You fire back at the men who continue to fire at all of you. Uh, Bullets hit trees, splintering them. There's sounds of explosion as artillery fire hits you. Then you hear something terrible. Roll a dexterity save. All of us? Yes. 19. 7. 4. Mm-hmm. How much health do you have? I only have 12. Okay, geez. You're good that you saved right now. What'd you get, Josh? I, couldn't I got a 4. Three? Okay. The earth splits up. A deafening sound of splintered trees. The ground itself is torn apart by an explosion of a massive artillery shell. And then nothingness. Pieces of earth hit your face. You stir meekly, Lola. You see your youngest sister in front of you. She's speaking over you. You can't hear what she's saying. Suddenly sound comes rushing rushing back. You blink. And she's gone. Only a vision of the past. I try to get my bearings. What's happened? Where, Where is everyone? You're in the middle of a large crater. Sorry, you're on the outskirts of a large crater. You see your party members stir meekly starting to pick themselves up. Everyone took 12 damage, except Lola, who takes... If you saved, you take six. Okay. So who who, who saved? Uh, Lola did. I don't think you did. Okay. What did you get? Uh, I rolled a a seven. That's not good enough. Okay. Um, You'll take six damage, though. Evasion will still have the damage for you. Um, Okay. Yeah. I take six damage. Yeah, you're okay. Six. I'm just curious. I'm just wanting to know so that I'm at one health. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I had seven health. Drifter, you're bleeding out terribly. <laughs> yeah. You barely pick yourself up. Your son grabs you, puts his arm around your shoulder to support you, and you keep running. Lola, what did you want to do? Is Rosalind okay? She's okay. Okay, I, um... Edgar. Uh, I, Edgar comes to life. He whines in pain. Oh, poor thing. I, I, I give him a pet... It'll be over soon. Please, take Rosalind on your back. I don't think she can run. I, I don't, I don't. Please take Rosalind on your back, and we'll get to safety. You put Rosalind on top of Edgar. You see her leg looks badly injured. Mm. Edgar runs off ahead, much faster than the rest of you. The troops are coming again at you. Everybody roll an athletics check. One last time. Oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> oh, not 20. I'm so athletic. Ooh, 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 ooh. Yeah. 18. 16. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. We're I just all need to, you all did really well. I just need to roll for the rest of the crew, which can, has a lot can of Can I rolls. do something special? Is it heal me? 
Uh, sure, why don't you all tell me what you do? You all, all of you are able to avoid these troops. They fire at you, they swing bayonets at you, but you're able to dodge out from under them. You see out as you begin to break through the trees. You see the airship. You see the rest of the Nightingale Watch. A rope ladder. I'm sorry, the same, the same cables that they once used to pick you up before all descend. You rush over towards them. Drifter's escape uh, plan, uh, uh, running, is less um, graceful and more... He's clutching at his stomach in pain, doubled over as he's stumbling through the woods and just happens to be stumbling away from all the bullets yes. with no idea that he's doing it uh, as he gets to the cable and like grabs on and clutches it with all the strength he has left. Your son holds you close to make sure you're sort of fading in and out of consciousness as he holds you close as your wire starts ascending at rapid speeds. Lola, what about you? I see the onslaught of soldiers at in front of me at the other end of the woods or coming closer uh, and with a fan I I make one mighty blow and I I cause I, I try to push them away with a gale of wind you send a gale of wind at some of the troops just exiting the forest moments behind you they get blown back into the trees some of them slam and hit their head hard against the branches die you bastards you grab onto one of the wires and you're and you are raised at rapid speeds chosh what about you um chosh uh you know despite the damage he's taken he's a bulky fella um mm-hmm. and so i think chosh spends this time making sure everyone else gets up first primarily mercy but after that um you know making sure that drifter's up that lola's up that the that rosalind's up the dandy boys etc chosh you grab mercy you push him into one of the wires as gracefully as you can you help others william taffy peppermint perry you help robin who struggles with her only one arm you get Catherine to another. Bullets whiz by you. They sink into your armor. You take an additional 12 damage just helping all these people Sweet. up. But because of your aid, you're able to save more people than would not have been saved. Oh, okay. But not everyone is so lucky. Oh, no. As you're helping the last person up, Spearman Sperry. <gasps> A shot goes straight through his neck. Jeez. He clutches at you, Chosh. He gurgles. Oh places his hand on your helmet and he falls over dead I'm very upset about that that was the last one Clarice is up Mercy is up everyone is up yeah Chosh is gonna try and hold uh, Spearmint Sperry Chosh you grab onto the rope you hold on to Spearmint Sperry in one arm troops run at you they're bayonets armed you take your water lash you whip at them. You slap them away. You grab onto the wire. Roll a strength check. All right. That is the one thing I'm good at. That's a 15. You hold on to Sperry as you're raised up. You pull him up into the belly of the airship. You see everyone around you, mostly the worst for wear. Peppermint Perry rushes over to you in tears. You hear the crew of the Nightingale Watch shout about turning the ship around, sending it off into the distance. You don't speak. The ship moves off into safety. Lola, you go to one of the windows. You look out at the burning wreckage.
of Bramblethorn Manor. A place, a place that was never really your home as a child. A place that was never a home for Zarkov. And a place that won't be home for you now. Clarice walks up next to you. She's holding the hand of Rosalind. <laughs> Rosalind reaches out her hand for yours. You all watch somberly as the building fades as a little burning speck into the distance as you head off into the unknown. Join us again for the next exciting episode of Tabletop Theater in episode 28, The Flight of the Nightingale.